Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today Dr. Janine Krause. I, I just said before we hit record, I'm going to naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, yes. and podcaster. So, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, happy to have you. Yeah, we, we're going to dive into some, some awesome topics today. So, just briefly tell people what it is you do. So a naturopathic doctor is a doc that looks at things a little differently than a conventional doctor. I've had the same training, but I don't have as much training in the emergency medicine. I have a lot more training in herbs and nutrition. So I'm kind of looking at things a little bit more on a lifestyle change aspect and diving in a lot more personally. For, for me, I like to look at labs and I like to get to the bottom of what's going on with folks. So I'm kind of your, your health inspector gadget, if you will, in terms of trying to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, on your on your website, which I, I went through and I loved it. I loved the little bit on your About You section, uh, talking about your favorite TV show, Scooby-Doo, as a kid and being the detective, because I love Scooby-Doo. But yeah, just that detective work of figuring out uh, what's happening with the body, because we're all different and we're not cookie cutter people. And um, yeah, stress affects all of us differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no one size. Unfortunately, we have this one size fits all society in terms of how to treat things. And in conventional medicine, there's like, here's the pill for this. Here's the pill for that. If that doesn't work, we try something else. And yes, I, I do have somewhat of that approach in terms of trying different types of foods, trying different types of, of things. But when it comes down to it, yeah, we all need our own little twist on how we, we treat ourselves. And it's, it can, is never the same for, for two people. It's always with a little twist, depending on who's, who's doing what. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, you're so very right. And I know with my own journey, uh, I, I touched briefly upon the fact menopause has impacted my life in a certain way. And, and how many of us, some have the hot flashes, some have the weight gain, some have, you know, there's just so many different ways that our bodies can be affected by it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Menopause is, a, is an interesting one because a lot of us don't even realize that when we start to head into menopause, it's about 10 years before we actually get symptoms. And so there's little things that are happening that we're not even paying attention to. And what I found over time, and, and this is what we talked to you about before, is that the better you manage your stress going into menopause, those like 10 to 15 years before things really start to, to really waver, that's when you want to be like, okay, I'm dialing things in. So in your 20s, yeah, you can be free. You can beat yourself up a little bit, pull some all-nighters. I mean, right. it, you, you come back from it. But when you start to notice that the all-nighters don't work out so well, and all of a sudden the wine, you know, bottle used to be okay, but a drink, you know, now it's like one glass, you're not feeling too good. Um, not saying that 
I ever did any of this. <laughs> right, right. Um, when, when you start to notice that the body's starting to have some troubles, that's when you got to realize, okay, it's time to deal with, with what's going on. And in particular, we were talking about gut. A lot of folks will tell me, as I get older, it seems that I have trouble digesting certain foods or I'm having trouble with certain foods. These are your clues that your gut's starting to be affected by stress, which is going to lead into, if you've got symptoms there, you want to get that taken care of before menopause. But if you end up finding yourself, okay, here it is, whoo, menopause, we can also work on it. And it all does kind of tie back into how well you manage stress, because that is like the precursor hormones are dealing, you know, kind of in that realm. And we, we yeah. can have some serious, serious complications. Yes. And then add trauma on top of it all. <laughs> Yes, yes. All those little T's and big T's, you know, that compounds too. And and I think a lot of people in terms of where trauma came from, you know, we had talked about adverse childhood events, the ACEs. There's also your own self-inflicted trauma from from whatever you hung on to that someone said to you over the years. And and that self, you know, beating up and, and all of that stuff can also contribute stress. Some Some patients of mine are like, I have the best life ever. Everything's great. I have no idea where my stress is coming from. And I'm like, it's going on up there. Yeah. It's not on your head. It's head then physiology. Yeah. And, and how many times, right, I've heard that. I mean, there is that connection, that, bo that body-mind polyvagal theory, I think, talks a lot about that. And um, yeah. 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 The vagus nerve, that sucker. Right. Yes. If you, if you can dial that sucker in and get it kind of balanced out, then it's like the, it opens up so much more balance for you. And it opens up for you to feel so much better within your body. And that's one of the things I love to work with in my practice. And we had talked briefly about acupuncture and that's kind of one of the ways acupuncture taps in to the, the parasympathetic. So your, your chill, your rest, digest and chill mode versus it takes you out of that fight or flight. And a lot of people are like needles can take you out of fight or flight. It can, but there's a little bit of a background on that to help you get past if you're terrified of needles. We got to come up with some other options to ease you into acupuncture. Yeah. And I've tried so many different modalities, fill in that toolbox. And, and I did EMDR therapy for four years and, and in, that, in that practice was an acupuncturist, but I was that person that was like, oh, I don't think so. But yeah, so acupuncture is a, I mean, very powerful and I know many people use it as a healing modality. So can you just walk us through a little bit like what is the process? What happens with it? Yeah. So they, they are needles and they're about 10 gauges, meaning 10 times smaller than the blood draw needle. Cause most of us, that's where our trauma comes from. We've had to give blood or we've had a vaccine or something of that nature. And we have that experience and we're like, Oh my God, air is so bad. It was terrible. Yeah. You're like, my arm feels like it's so throbby and I can't move it, you know, or it's the blood draw that didn't go so well, you know, it, it hurt, mm -hmm. it, it poked. And then, you know, you thought you were going to pass out and then, then you survived. Right. So we have this association with needles. The good news, is, is that acupuncture needles are completely solid. There's no hole in them. They're not hollow. So we're not taking any blood from you. We're actually just putting the needle in. Now, yes, it is a needle. Yes, it's 10 times smaller than a regular needle. Are you going to feel it? In some places, you don't even feel it. In other places, you might. We put a lot of needles on like the hands and the feet and there's more receptors there, but we're not going to put it. Well, there are points on the palm, but we tend to put them on the backside of the hand. The palm, that's a, that's like level five acupuncture. If you've, if you've been around a while, maybe I'll do a needle like that or the bottom of your foot. That's a whole nother thing. But we're trying to put it in places that are, are commonly 
found to elicit certain responses. And, and I'm bringing up the hand because it's an easy spot for folks to, to recognize. A lot of folks know this spot between your thumb and your index finger as being a great spot to rub if you have a headache. It's, it's called large intestine four. It's one of the most popular acupuncture points yeah. for moving blood. And so when we stick a needle in there, what's happening is we're creating a re reaction within the body because the body's going, oh, ah, something, something just went into me. And the body might say, ah, but you might not even feel it. So this is the point I want to get across to folks that you might feel a poke for a second because, I mean, it is a needle. It is going in your skin. But usually after that initial poke, you don't feel anything. That needle's just hanging out in there. Now, depending on your level of experience, as I call it with acupuncture, we might try to stimulate the needle a little bit so that you feel a little bit of an ache in there. And the reason we want to feel a little bit of ache because it's, we want that blood flow to go there. It's not the needle causing you harm. What it is is blood flow. And when you stick a needle in and you call blood flow, this is what we're doing. And really, if you look at acupuncture, it's the most basic sense of what acupuncture is. It's blood flow. It's enhancing blood flow. Because most of our illnesses, including stress, including trauma, cause contraction and stuckness. And that contraction and stuckness within the body is really decreased blood flow. And so if you break down acupuncture, you break down a lot of conditions that we're looking at and, and in complex terms, it, it might be overwhelming. But if you break it down in terms of what really happens, we get stuck. The more stressed you are, the more you've got your shoulders like this. You're trying to wear them for earrings, right? And the more that you look at someone who's been under trauma, a lot of times you see this armadilloing where the, the shoulders are coming forward. They're kind of shrinking down on themselves because there's a connection to the body becoming more and more protective and more and more stuck and not moving circulation optimally. Of course, you're moving it because you're alive, but it's not optimal circulation. So acupuncture is putting in needles to get the body to remember, oh, let's move some blood flow through this area. Or we can put them up here on the top and move them through the muscles if we've got muscles that are creeping up like this, causing us some pain. This point in particular, you might be like, well, how can this point help with headaches? Or how can this point help with shoulder stuff? Chinese warriors. They donated their time 5,000 years ago over and over again. And we've determined that we have certain pathways which are very close to the nerves and, and what nerve pathways go. And this one actually is your radial nerve. This nerve comes all the way up into the, the neck here at your cervical vertebrae five and six. So you would, it makes sense that it would have an impact back up the body to regulate messages coming back into the brain from and coming back down you know, out to the muscles. So from muscles to muscles. I know inflammation tends to be, um, when, when you were talking about that, I just, I, I went back to uh, blood flow and how stress and inflammation in that. I know in the ACEs study, um, you know, how much trauma can have an impact, especially if you score four or more ACE, ACEs, um, can have like elevates your chances of heart disease and diabetes and um, mental health and uh, issues. And so inflammation is one of those things that that topics that comes up a lot. And so is that another thing that acupuncture I'm sure can help with? Oh, yeah, yeah, because what we're doing, I mean, in in the realm of acupuncture, and this is kind of one of the things I like to combine acupuncture with 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 inflammation, because Inflammation, truly, if we if we break it down, is the body's loss of being able to control what's a true injury it needs to heal and what's not, you know, something it can ignore and not go go overboard on. And it boils down to the vagus nerve because the, the vagus nerve is what controls 
inflammation in the body. Acupuncture, because of putting needles in certain areas, in particular, there's the collarbone here, and right below the collarbone on either side of the sternum, there's a great point, kidney 27. Research has been done on this point to show that you can reduce inflammation by calming the vagus nerve response. So what you're doing is you're calming the fight or flight response and strengthening the parasympathetic response. And these, these points, it's called kidney 27, but it translates into spirit gate. And there's three spirit gate points that go down on either side of the sternum. And they're all points that can be amazing for helping to control inflammation that's related to stress and trauma. So these guys are amazing, amazing points. And oftentimes if you're sitting at home and you're kind of wondering, hmm, okay, I want to know about this. You can press on these points and see which one's more tender. You just start at your, your, your clavicle, your collarbone there, and you just go down. And you're on either side, like I said, of that, that breastbone, that sternum bone, and just feel in between your rib spaces. Oh, if yeah. any of those are particular sore, like, oh, ouchy, I hit one. <laughs> yeah, hold on to those guys. I've got one that's a little sore, a little lower, so you guys can see that yeah, one. Mine's like, right, this yeah. one, right here. I'm guessing probably similar to mine, might be like kidney 25-ish, couple, couple rib wow. spaces. Wow. Yeah. And you can hold this, you can tap them, you can rub them, just kind of give a gentle massage, nothing crazy, like don't crank on them. And, and this can help your body to get signals going, okay, it's time to rest. It's time to chill. So often I will pair this with breathing. I will pair it with, you know, just closing the eyes and taking a mini break and you're just holding or tapping the spot. And you can do it multiple different ways. It's just helping your body by, by giving the check-in, like everything's okay. And you can even repeat that because for a lot of my folks who've gone through some pretty serious trauma stuff, sometimes the mantra of everything's okay and holding a spot like this or tapping a spot like this can be a game changer to just help give the body a sense of comfort and relax and chill. And you'll see the shoulders start to go down with that. So for those of you that are listening, that's one thing you can tap into literally and, and see how it goes. You don't even have to do the needles. Oh my gosh. It's fascinating. Like I wish I lived closer to you because I'd, I'd, I'd come do it. I mean, yeah, I, again, I'd always been like, Oh, I just don't know if I can do it. But I, I mean, just the thought of now that I understand <laughs> What's happening um, in the blood flow idea is, is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Very and cool. one, one last thing that I'll add that, that some practitioners do, there's something called tuning forks. Unfortunately, we're not in my office right now. I have these forks. They look like what the doctors do. They hit the, the thing and oh, they yeah. put it next to your ear and check your hearing. They look exactly like that, but they can vibrate to certain sounds. And I have ones in my office that vibrate to the note of C. And C, as we know for music, is a harmonizing sound, but it's also harmonizing for the body. So instead of doing needles, a lot of times, and if someone doesn't want to hold the spot in the office, I usually don't make people hold the spot anyway, but I will hold and do acupressure or I will put tuning forks there. And that feels amazing. It's a nice vibration. And I have yet to find someone that that doesn't enjoy it. Some people might be at first like, this is really weird, (laughs) but it's kind of the same concept as singing bowls. If you like the Tibetan singing bowls and that you, the tuning forks are going to be nice for you too. And so if you're looking for an acupuncturist and you want to like dip your toes in, but you're not really sure about the whole needle thing, find someone who does what's known as acutonics. And so it's tuning forks instead of acupuncture. And that can be a nice little way in where you can dip your toes and see what we're all about, but not have to actually deal with needles. So 
something to think about. Yeah, I love it. Acutonics, is that what you said? Yeah, Acutonics, A-C-U and then dash T-O-N-I-C-S. Okay. Tons of folks who've been trained with that. So you, it shouldn't be too hard to find somebody or they might just call it tuning forks since Acutonics is more of a certified, like a certification and then tuning forks is the actual act of what you're doing. Awesome, wonderful. Oh my gosh. Well, I love it. And sign me up. All right. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you have somebody down by you. I mean, in, in you said Hilton Head, right? Yeah, right. I have somebody down there. If oh, not, sure. I, I will volunteer myself to, to fly okay, down there. Right. Come to the beach. All right. <laughs> I will never say no to beach and sunshine. So Right. I know we took, a, I took Sammy, the, the, our therapy dog that just barked, um, took her for a walk this morning and I said to myself, I cannot believe it's mid-December and I am in shorts. And yeah, I mean, this is awesome. So coming from Ohio where it was, you know, probably snowing right now. So <laughs> it's, it's freezing out there. I'm from Illinois originally. I'm in Washington state now, but I'm from Illinois originally. My dad said it was chilly this morning. So yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, shorts in December sounds just like my jam. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I had seen that you were you were in Chicago, you were in Colorado, and now you're you're out in Washington. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of bounced a little bit. I after Bastyr, I I went to school here in Washington at Bastyr University, and then after school, I went home for a little bit, tried to see you know what the Chicago vibe was like. And I'm not a city girl, not that big of a city girl. I said I got to get out of here. Went to Colorado where you know it's negatives and snow, and and thought you know that was great. It was fun, yeah. but I wanted a little bit more. Of the milder climate so decided to come over here now I'm like no I want beach and warm nice yeah this son I always point with the wrong I try to do opposite he's in Denver Colorado so he moved there a few years ago and absolutely loves it so I'm trying to convince him you know, move to South Carolina be near your mom but mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome all right so any other topics that you wanted to to touch upon today and dive into you know, I think we're starting to head in towards menopause and, and how stress and menopause play out. I think it might be fun to to chat about that and, and kind of talk to folks a little bit about some ways that stress does impact their body. And they might not even be thinking that it's a stress thing. They're thinking, oh, I'm just getting older. This is natural. Right. Or, oh, you know, this is just part of that menopause, you know, or perimenopause. So one of the biggies that that I was talking about in term, when we started in was how stress has this cascade that can fall through the body. When we get stressed, we, pr we produce more of something called DHEA. And DHEA is our precursor hormone to estrogen and testosterone. And we have like just above it, we have something called progesterone as well. And so all of our three main things, and this can be applicable to guys and gals, because we all will have an impact from stress effect on our hormones. If we are, are pushing too much cortisol out, the body's going to have a feedback to make more estrogen or testosterone and steal progesterone. The impact on us, insomnia, because progesterone is the hormone that helps us to sleep. Same thing happens to guys too. Guys will have trouble sleeping and guys can even use a little bit of benefit of a teeny weeny bit of herbs or, or a bioidentical progesterone to help with sleep. So that's one thing to think about. And the other side of it is we might push a lot of testosterone or we might be pushing out a lot of estrogen. Usually it's not the kind of estrogen we want. It's estrone, inflammatory estrogen. So here's where the weight starts to go on. 
we're pushing that it's the there's three types of estrogen we have estrone which i call the bad sister sadly she's she's mean and she (laughs) She makes us gain weight and get inflamed and feel puffy and not feel so great. And then we have estradiol and that's the good sister. We want that one. She's the one that's going to give us the nice strong bones and the tendons and ligaments and the brain function and the good heart and the just sharp concentration. So when the mind starts to go and we're losing the keys and we're losing the phone and all of that with stress, a lot of times it breaks down to we are not making enough estradiol. Guys, you guys are not making enough testosterone when the brain starts to go in concentration is having trouble. The next sister is estriol. She's the weaker sister. And really her main goal with ladies is helping us to have like enough vaginal lubrication. Now that might sound kind of weird and like, why are we going to talk about that? But it does impact bladder infections and things of that nature. So if you're having trouble down below ladies and you're having infections and you're like, what in the world? Why do I keep getting this? Or why do I keep getting bladder infections? Or why did I get a kidney infection? Like what is going on? This is all signs that that tissue down below needs a little help. And the good sister estradiol helps with the tissue, but estriol helps keep the lubrication going. So those are signs that, hmm we might need to work on those a little bit. And it all kind of feeds back, back to how are you managing stress? The more stressed out you get, the more it's going to create improper imbalances in your hormones. Same thing happens with guys, the testosterone will drop. For us ladies, sometimes the testosterone goes up. We get chin hair, like those crazy (laughs) hairs that start coming out out of nowhere. Yeah, I've, man, it's not cool. I don't, it's, no. But if we have genetics that tend towards that, stress will cause us to have these crazy hairs coming out. Some people end up getting chest ones. Sometimes folks will get back hairs in terms of the ladies. And then we'll start to have hair loss up here. So that's another sign that your hormones are off and stress is probably driving that component. And then you add some genetics in, in terms of what your body is more tending towards. And and we've got some issues. So I've just given a few kind of ideas of what could be going on. Another biggie is rashes. If you start noticing that you're, you're getting rashes around the mouth, I see a lot of ladies behind the ears will have rashes around the eyes. All of a sudden we get these red itchy rashes and we're like, what is going on? This is stress causing your histamine balance to be off because your progesterone can't control it. So when cortisol takes over, it steals your ability to make sufficient progesterone, you have trouble sleeping, and then now we can have trouble with rashes on the skin. The other side of it is the gut too. We can have histamine reactions within the gut. And so we're starting to notice we're, we're more sensitive to things. We start to keep the Kleenex in our sleeve that we said we'd never do it like grandma did. <laughs> That's stress affecting your hormones. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, I, I've noticed it even in myself. I'm like, oh, wow, I've become, you know, first is first step. I become my mother. Second step. Oh my God. Become my grandmother, chin hair and, and the, the Kleenex in my sleeve. Like, wow, I've got to get a hold of my stress. Right. So these are some things that are signs that we don't necessarily think about. We usually are just going to start blaming them on getting older, but really you can, you can manage your hormones up until the day you die by one working on stress, but also considering what kind of food factors can help you out too, because we can support estrogen with flax and chia and pumpkin seed, and we can support progesterone with sesame and sunflower seed, two tablespoons a day of either, or if you're in menopause, two tablespoons of each side there. And now you've got four tablespoons of good fat and some fiber. Boom, done. Throw it on oh my things. Gosh, I just smiled so big because I had a banana, 
I made myself an egg and a banana and I put a tablespoon of flax and a tablespoon of chia and drank my big water so that, you know, obviously I, I read something about like, don't eat it dry and it freaked me out. So, but yeah, it's because it, it absorbs water. And so, yeah, so yeah, I love it. And I love, I, and I, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. So stress management is about not just like, oh, you know, doing some yoga or some Zen, but it's about what you're fueling your body with and making sure you're exercising. And I mean, there's so much to it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's lifestyle, right? You, you have to start baby steps, find certain things that aren't working and, and, or things you're kind of going, Hmm, I don't think that's a good habit. Maybe I can tweak it a little bit or find habits that you have that are really good. Like say you, you're getting out and, and you're, you're taking the dog out or you're getting out on bike rides. Okay, great. You've got that hammered down. Then when you come in, making sure you've got your water to help that extra fiber push through the system and then taking a couple minutes to, to really just sit down after going on the bike ride, because for us bike rides and things of that nature, that's a little bit of cortisol production in a good way. It's a good stressor for the body. It's beautiful to get outside. Then we want to kind of come down from that a little bit and come inside and just take five minutes to just breathe and, and be. I don't think we have to get crazy into five count inhales and seven count exhales, even though I do talk about them. I think it's just something to realize just being that is a, a, an important component too. And so I'll have folks do that after, after going outside and exercising a little bit because movement is key. Then add in a little bit to go, okay, body, we moved. Now we're going to relax a little bit and ease into our next thing. So taking time to pause a little bit throughout the day before meals. This is how I kind of add a little tidbit into to the food side of things to help with stress. Because the act of eating and digesting is a parasympathetic motion. I mean, it's like, it's just pushing on the button for, okay, body, parasympathetic, let's get out of the stress mode. But so many of us will be sitting at the, not even sitting, we'll be standing at the kitchen counter next to the sink, eating over the sink, shoveling it in pretty fast because we're like, I got to get to the next thing. I got to get to the next thing. What message does that tell your body? It doesn't tell it to digest the food. So now you can see why food sensitivities also can come up because of this and we could have rashes and it can go on and on and on. But the idea here is take a pause, take a pause before you do any type of eating, just spend a minute and just go, okay, I'm going to eat. And now you've given your body the signal that there's no bear chasing you while you're trying to eat this food. Right. Everything's okay. <laughs> and I'm going to eat and I'm going to digest and enjoy it. And just focus on on eating and what like what's in front of you. So that's another way to kind of keep putting in little habits throughout the day to to add on to create your superpower habits, your good ones. Yeah, and I love that recommendation. That's so interesting, and I and thank you for that because I do eat like a bear is chasing me. the The whole family will be done with or, or still eating dinner, and I'm like, and my food's gone. <laughs> and there's still, you know, five bites in because I've been like, bah! <laughs> it's crazy how we do it. I mean, I'm totally guilty too. And some, you know, I've trained myself. Unfortunately, we've all trained ourselves to be that way, depending on what our jobs are or, or what's going on. I mean, for me with the busy practice and seeing patients, sometimes it's like, 
I got to eat really fast. And then when, what am I doing? I'm completely negating the whole purpose of eating. I've now just stressed my body out more by eating at this rapid rate. And then the other thing I find that happens if I'm the one that eats fast and I finish the food first, I feel like almost embarrassed, but I also, I'm like, do I need more food right now? Right, right. They're eating and I'm not, and I feel left out. (laughs) Part of this. Oh, it's so crazy. I'm sure I'm not alone. I know. Yeah, no, no, I'll be like, well, I guess I need seconds because everybody's still eating. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, how are we doing on time? All right. You're doing good. Um, so yeah. So how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? So I can be found on Instagram at Dr. Janine Krause, so D-R-J-A-N-N-I-N-E, Krause, K-R-A-U-S-E. You'll get my personality because I do some stories that are kind of wild and random throughout the day when I think of things. And then you also get a lot of tidbits of just what I'm trying to, to educate, passing on a little information on with Instagram. You can find me at my website, doctor spelled out, J Krause, K-R-A-U-S-E-N-D, so for naturopathic doctor, And then I also have a Facebook group, same name, so we won't go through all of that. And um, I have a I have a Facebook group as well that's called Find Your Health Fix, and it pairs with my podcast, The Health Fix Podcast. And my goal is really to connect folks with alternative medicine treatments, therapies, products, all kinds of things that you might be looking for if you're struggling to get your answers for what's going on with your health. So that's, that's me in a nutshell and all of my places you can find me. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I saw on your website too, that you have a blog and I like how you had it broken down by different areas of concern that people can then visit and um, yeah, find more information. So wonderful. Yes. Yes. I'm working on that. I'm going to be working on kind of a little bit more this year. This last past year, I've kind of taken a break off the blog, but I'm, I'm jumping back in and we'll have some more good information for folks. That's useful and quick, easy tips. Awesome. Wonderful. All right. Well, it has been a joy. I've learned so much. So this has been just a fabulous conversation. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you, Terry. I appreciate it. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode, and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.